0: This is Mo and McGee on Fantasy. everyone, this is Mo here, Um, really excited, it's been a while that I've talked to my good friend Kevin about some football, a lot of shit has happened Kevin, Um, we got the draft coming up in two weeks. potentially the vikings trade up to number three and take cj stroud if he falls Oops. um i don't know what do you think there <laughs> yeah
1: that, that could be really interesting uh my team already made that trade up to the top of the draft i've been sweating every day since because it looked bleak there for a minute but as, as we'll discuss uh there might be some players that could help your fantasy team on a team that might not be that great and that that could be the story with a lot of these guys so let's dive in starting with some uh, offseason trades probably none bigger than the trade that hasn't happened yet rogers supposedly committed to the jets packers supposedly committed to making the trade jets supposedly make committed to making that trade first of all do you think the trade happens second of all what do you think
0: well so they, the Packers are, are, I guess, holding firm on the 13th, right? The 13th overall pick is kind of what they want. Um, I And I don't know why the Jets are kind of balking on that. You know, I'm trading the 13th overall pick for Aaron Rodgers, who we've seen this out of him before, Kevin. Um, you know, whether he made the decision or not, this is going to be a, a slight uh, he won two MVPs after the last slight that he took from the Packers. Mm-hmm. This will be another one. Um, Jets have some nice young wide receivers to play around with. I I think he's still going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Um, and I don't know why the Jets are, you know, being so, you know, they do have a couple seconds. I think they have the 42nd and 43rd. So maybe they're saying take our two seconds instead of our first and, Playing hardball like that, but this trade's got to get done.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I guess maybe to play devil's advocate, if you're the Jets, is that defense good enough to win a Super Bowl this year? Because if you're talking about trading for a guy that was supposedly heavily considering retirement, are you willing to give up a first round pick to maybe play for a Super Bowl for one year before he retires? It's tough.
0: Yeah. Well, Let's go. Let's. What about the flip side, Kevin? Uh, what about Jordan Love? Going to be starting yeah. in, in Packerland. They got no receivers outside of Christian Watson. Got some younger guys. Um, yeah. Main I've thing I want to hear. You have
1: my heart throb, Romeo Dobbs. Um, he'll he'll be back. But yeah, it, it's looking year. bleak. You think you know? Maybe now that they get rid of Rogers, it's time to go draft a wide receiver, <laughs> and that would be. I don't know. It'd be uh, quite the head scratcher. Uh, I love Aaron Jones uh, because of this. I, I think they're going to pound the rock with AJ Dillon and and Aaron Jones, um, and try to keep the ball out of Love's hands. And even if he is, you know, good enough to be a average NFL starter, I don't think they're going to want to lean into him the way Rodgers was. And that was already an offense that was very willing to run the ball quite a bit.
0: Well, here's here's my whole thing of it is if Jordan Love was good enough e- even how good Aaron Rodgers was, he would have been traded or they would have got, you know, the same thing that Rodgers did to Favre. Like Favre probably he we saw it, he could still play. <laughs> But Rogers was good enough where they're like, "Sorry, Brett, like we're not going to deal with that." Instead, what the Packers did is they re-upped on Rodgers while Love was sitting there. They gave him a new contract. That if I'm a Packer fan, that scares the shit out of me because, like, Matt Lafleur can get up on a you know podium all he wants and say that Jordan Love's ready. Uh, if he was ready, Rodgers wouldn't still be there. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that makes
1: sense. Um. Uh, On the other two big trades, which is more intriguing to you? DJ Moore to the Bears, Darren Waller to the Giants. Obviously, a big difference in trade capital there. Um, But uh, is one of those landing spots more intriguing to you?
0: I don't know. Kevin, you're the Panther fan. Do you feel like two firsts, two seconds was, and DJ Moore? Do you feel like that was too much to give? Yes, absolutely. 100%. But you know what? Uh, I think
1: they're sitting on their hands, and they're swinging for the fences. Um, We'll see what happens with that pick. Um, I am expecting it to be uh, Bryce Young. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, But DJ Moore on the Bears. They go from, you know, basically a barren wide receiver room to now Darnell Mooney, um, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool. There's no excuse for Justin Fields anymore. Um, As long as he's not running around with his, uh, like a chicken with his head cut off um, because the O line can't do anything, uh, the Bears have to be contending um, within the next year, year and a half uh, for that NFC North.
0: I'm going to put you on the spot a little, Kevin. Justin Fields, is, is he this year's Jalen Hurts? Is he, you think he's going to be, you, fantasy QB top five?
1: I don't think so. I, I think I saw enough for decision making for me to think that. Huh, OK, may, f- let me take that back. Fantasy top five. Definitely possible. I think he'll be a great fantasy player in terms of the Bears being a contender. I don't think he's going to do it for him. I think this might be a short-lived fantasy um, boom for him. Uh, he might be might be scrapping after um a couple years
0: of many losses. We'll see. Well they yeah, I mean they clearly went all in uh on him with you know that trade. You still have a couple firsts in the next few years, so they retooled. They spent a lot of money this off season on defense. Um yeah, I don't know what to think. Um and then as far as the Panthers you know, whoever, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, whoever it is, like, who is he throwing to, Kevin? Shy Smith?
1: Shy Smith, Terrace, Terrace Marshall. Uh, <laughs> well, they did make some nice moves, and we're going to talk about them. But, you know, bring in your boy Adam Thielen, bring in DJ Shark. <laughs> <laughs> it's not um, looking great. I'll be flat out honest. Um, you'd love to see some more exciting names. For, for him to try to get the ball out too. But if you uh, held stock in uh, Dynasty and Shark or Thielen, I think this is a, a big boost um, because they're probably going to be getting a lot of targets.
0: Yeah. Um, then, one just quick thing on Darren Waller. So, third round pick for Darren Waller. Vikings gave up a second rounder mid season for TJ Hawkinson. Which you know, do you feel like the do you feel like Darren Waller is a is a whole round selection worse than T.J. Hawkinson, or do you think it was just a product of in season trade versus off season trade?
1: I think I think he is a full round worse, um, and not not fantasy wise. I think they're probably pretty comparable fantasy wise, but Waller is not the type of blocker that T.J. Hawkinson is. So value to a NFL team, I, I think it makes sense. Waller's also surprisingly old uh, after sitting on the Ravens uh, practice squad for a couple of years. Um, I think he might be a full two years older than TJ. Speaking out of my ass here, but uh, off the top of my head, that's what I'd guess. I don't know. What are your thoughts?
0: I I, I was kind of surprised when that trade happened because, you know, I – As far as receiving weapons, they're pretty similar, I think. Um, But yeah, I guess Hawkinson's the more complete player. And it was probably a desperation in-season move, considering Irv Smith went down. And so that's probably the extra round boost there. Um, Speaking of the Raiders, Kevin and Darren Waller, they just switched quarterbacks. They're done with Derek Carr. He signed with the Saints. Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders. Which one do you think is more fantasy relevant? Carr on the Saints, Garoppolo on the Raiders? I think Carr on the Saints. The only reason I say that is because we, we did see that
1: peak for Derek Carr kind of earlier in his career when he was throwing to Amari Cooper, throwing to Michael Crabtree, that he he could produce um, big numbers if given the opportunity. Um, he kind of moved into some coaching that was a little more run heavy, a little more conservative. Um with the Saints, it, it might be a similar story under Dennis Allen. Um there's also a chance it's not. So I think carr is intriguing. He's somebody that I'll keep an eye on. Um probably not to play um in a one QB league, but uh certainly in a two. Garoppolo. Oh boy. You know Josh McDaniels offense is gonna be uh very, very
0: conservative. No intrigue there. Yeah, just take Josh Jacobs in the first round and be done with them. Um, yeah, I I think Jimmy Garoppolo won't start the whole season. I think they're going to take one of their rookies, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and he'll start maybe the first 10 games. Um, both these guys are not going to be fancy relevant, really. You know, you're going to care that is – is Derek Carr throwing to Michael Thomas or Chris Olave more? That's the one thing you'll care about. Um is he going to throw to Alvin Kamara more than Andy Dalton did? That will be important. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, not neither of these really, you know, flip the trigger for me. Um one that does, speaking of the Saints, Jamal Williams, let's go to the running back signings, Jamal Williams to the Saints. Um, Alvin Kamara potentially facing a little suspension. Does Jamal Williams touch the touchdown total from last year? I think no, just because it was such a outrageous
1: touchdown total last year. But he's still, I think, very fantasy relevant. He will be on um, some contending fantasy teams this year. Talked about the suspension. Even when uh, Kamara comes back, we've seen a long history of – Kamara and, you know, kind of a bit traditional between the tackles back, and I think Jamal Williams fits that bill very well. Um you saw Mark Ingram um fill that role for a long time. I, I to me it's a great spot
0: for him. Um and, and he'll definitely be fantasy relevant. For some reason I just hate that guy. I don't know why. <laughs> like he's never done anything to me personally, but like maybe it's just like his whole anime Like nerd stuff, or it was like never done anything
1: to you personally. What are you talking about? When you owned Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams was your worst (laughs) enemy.
0: (laughs) That's why I hate him. Why do I hate him? Like, yeah, because I took Aaron Jones in the first round, and then Jamal Williams was in the entire game. I do, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, (laughs) let's stick to uh, running backs, David Montgomery. Sticks in the NFC North goes from Bears to Lions. You know, in seemingly a move that signals uh, Dan Quinn isn't, uh, you know, confident in DeAndre Swift. Yeah,
1: I I, I've loved David Montgomery his entire career. I think he's been very undervalued. Um, But to be honest, with him on the Lions it's kind of is a a poop in the pot for um, both him and DeAndre Swift. We saw last year when Jamal Williams was there um, that even Justin Jackson was getting a lot lot of work. I think they're very content to be running back by committee. Um, I'm probably fully out on Montgomery and DeAndre Swift. We'll see where their ADPs fall come draft time, but, I I think you're going to have a tough time relying on consistent touches from from anybody in that backfield.
0: Um. Yeah. I I want to love DeAndre Swift so much. He started out last year with a bang. He's he had, like when he plays full games, he's like really good. Um. That's that's really good analysis there, Kevin. You know, when, he's, <laughs> when he plays, he's good. But. Yeah. Um, this Montgomery situation, I think, is just, you know, they're bringing him in to be a supercharged Jamal Williams, a better Jamal Williams. Um,
1: do a little bit more, just kind of a little more of a flexible player. Um, I think next one we have here, smaller, but wondering if you have any intrigue in it. Samashi P. Ryan to the Broncos. Trip your trigger at all?
0: Kind of, um, because the news about Javante Williams is kind of disturbing. Um, yeah. you know, there's potential that he might not play this next year. Uh, either. Um, I, I don't know what happened is if his knee fell completely off his body and they had to <laughs> reattach it with like pig tendons or something, they has to reacclimate or, um, but yeah, so I, Smaji Pirine as a Joe Mixon owner was, you know, not a big of a thorn in my side as the Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones situation, but um, he had some nice run in uh, Cincinnati, and he's he's not gonna wow you. But in college, he broke the single game rushing record. Like he has some talent. Um, can, can catch the ball. He was used kind of as a third down back in Cincy. Um, I think this could be you know a one year shine for him, and just like you mentioned on Montgomery and Swift, I think it all depends on ADP with me, but yeah.
1: Uh, and and the intrigue on Javante was going to be a uh, three down guy. You're going to get almost all the work, even when he comes back, you know, even talking late in the season, do you think, uh, the Broncos will kind of ease him in and try to keep that load a little bit lighter, or do you think they are just going to pound him into the ground? Um, with, with the way that running backs are just kind of in and out,
0: I I think for sure that he he probably will not see a full workload like workhorse load for I don't know maybe till 2024. I don't think it's next year for sure. Sure. So yeah, I probably out on out on him unless you're in a keeper league and you're thinking you're planning for next year. Um, but yeah let uh, You mentioned earlier Adam Thielen, so let's just talk about all those Panthers together, Kevin. Miles, they made some moves: Miles Sanders, DJ Shark, Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst, and are restocking the offense with some veterans.
1: Yeah, definitely trying to put up uh, some veteran guys that you know have a track record uh, to go with their to be rookie quarterback. I think Miles Sanders is the most intriguing to me. Um after that DJ Moore trade, the five best players on that Panthers offense were all offensive linemen. And they're all very good run blocking offensive linemen. I can even in a Frank Rick offense, I, I think we can expect you know a pretty steady running attack. Uh, and that's going to be led by Miles Sanders. Chuba Hubbard, good in stretches, but I, I think we're talking about a workhorse in Miles Sanders. And I I think that's why he signed with the Panthers. He wants the role, didn't like splitting time in the Philly backfield. Um, those pass catchers you mentioned, somebody's got to catch the ball. I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, I, I don't know that I would be excited about any of these guys. Um, if I had to pick one, I like DJ Shark the best
0: just because,
1: I don't know, Thielen and Hurst don't really do anything <laughs> for me.
0: Uh, well, I'm. I was just waiting for you to be done because I've, you know, sometimes I, you know I like to do this, Kevin. I got to get up on the soapbox. Got <laughs> you, um, Adam Thielen. The jersey in my he got the jersey in my closet. Um, I you know I love the guy for his entire career. What a story, Kevin. Everyone's heard it. Absolutely. Minnesota guy. There's pictures of him as a kid in the Randy Moss jersey. Vikings gave him a chance. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it didn't have any offers. He wasn't at the combine. He didn't get drafted. Vikings gave him a chance. Worked his tail off. Now, all of a sudden, he has hit an age cliff, Kevin. He's 31 years old. Very obvious. Not the same guy he was a couple years ago. No doubt about um, it. Absolutely. Okay, so everyone agrees on that, right? Absolutely. His little bitch ass. <laughs> decides you know the vikings decide they're done with him and he some for some reason has to feel disrespected that he didn't get a fair shake in last year's offense that he didn't get the opportunities that he deserved and that he thinks he's going to win a super bowl with the motherfucking carolina panthers
1: yeah i'm gonna yeah poke at you a little bit you're talking about this minnesota guy that really would love nothing more than to win a ring in Minnesota. And he thought that he can't do it. What's that, what's that say to you as a Vikings fan?
0: Kevin, I'm talking about opportunities. He thought he thinks he can have a better opportunity there. Guess what? He had a 20% target share in the Vikings offense. He had 107 targets, the second most by far on the team. What opportunities was is he looking for? He's he's definitely not gonna get more opportunities than Justin Jefferson, who is the best receiver in the NFL. And now you're going to the Panthers, who decent defense. I'll give him that. Their offense is gonna be dog shit, Kevin. Even if Bryce Young is one of the best quarterbacks to ever come out of the draft, no one steps in and is like a pro bowler in year one. Right. And by the time the quarterback is good. Thielen won't be. <laughs> he's not now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a head scratcher for me too.
0: I he hasn't had a hundred yard game since twenty eighteen.
1: <laughs> Does he see the writing on the wall? Is K- is KJ Osborne coming?
0: I I don't think I don't think KJ Osborne is. You know he he's a really good number three receiver. I think if I was going to do a mock. I would mock that the Vikings take a wide receiver in this year's draft in the first round. Um, You can kind of see everyone's been mocking like cornerbacks to them. Um, And they just signed two cornerbacks recently. So I think that kind of can tip you off that they're not looking to spend a first rounder on that position. They have not signed any receivers. So I think any team rolling into this year with just Jefferson, Osborne, and Jalen Naylor um, is probably (laughs) looking to add a couple. Um, And so that's, I think it kind of is a tip-off move. If they don't trade for a quarterback, up for a quarterback, uh, I think they take wide receiver. But Keep that that energy going
1: and keep that conversation going. I know we're going to talk about rookie wide receivers in a little bit, but if you were to target one, with where the Vikings are picking? Who do you like? Uh,
0: My dream scenario is Quentin Johnston falls to 23. Um, I'd be happy with Jordan Addison. I think he's kind of getting – the draft process has not been as favorable to him as others. I mean, he won the Blitnikoff two years ago. Kind of reminds me of not – obviously not to the level of Jamar Chase, but, like, Jamar Chase sits out his last year at LSU. People mm-hmm. kind of forget how dominant he was. Um, he still goes super high in the draft, but, you know, I think people are just kind of maybe tired of Jordan Addison. Um, and, you know, hopefully he falls and can be like uh, Isaac Bruce to to Jefferson's Marshall Falk and Torrey Holt combined. <laughs> the greatest if i mentioned for... how good justin jefferson is yeah, lately <laughs> um oh, I, I haven't heard you talk about that guy before who is he yeah he's just <laughs> the best receiver in the nfl maybe <laughs> ever um <laughs> let's go let's stick on wide receivers um i i want to start with this one kevin another lsu guy so we we're just talking chase talking jefferson obj last week signs with the ravens in a move that seemingly is a olive branch to Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah, that's sure what it seems. Um, One-year deal. Um, I I think there's a lot of people that are wondering, and I think rightfully so, what OBJ has left in the tank. But this is going to be a pretty amazing opportunity for not just him, um, but if Lamar comes back, we're talking Rashad Bateman, is going to go from, you know, the number two target getting all that outside um all that outside uh, extra coverage to now he's hopefully gonna shed some of that um with obj coming in. I really like the move um but it is certainly a Lamar please stay because <laughs> uh, we don't want to restart
0: well and listen to this if they if they go to 12 personnel Kevin, you know, you're looking at OBJ, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, and Isaiah Likely. Which, um, talking about receiving weapons, it's not many teams can run out two tight ends that are as talented as those two guys. So, you know, shoring up the wide receiver two is is a nice move because I think, you know, if I was John Harbaugh, I'd want to be in twelve personnel as much as possible. Yep, absolutely. Um...
1: Another big move, uh, well, none of these are really big moves. I shouldn't (laughs) talk them up that much. Jacoby Myers to the Raiders. Um, I'm going to list off a few here. Alan Lazard to the Jets. Oh, well, let's start with Alan Lazard, because that seems very similar um, to uh, the OBG case and getting potentially Rodgers, one of the receivers he wanted there. Uh, Lazard on the Jets, obviously um, a little bit crowded receiver room um with having garrett wilson there already um they did unload elijah moore what do you think uh potential for lazard is this year
0: assuming rogers may uh makes the move over i mean is there any difference between Corey davis and alan lazard other than lazard might be a little slower <laughs> um a little better blocker maybe yeah yeah, they're the same exact receiver. I think Garrett Wilson is probably happy that, you know, Lazard is at least going to take the attention of a cornerback. Um, I think at the end of the season, people knew they weren't going to throw to Elijah Moore at all. So it probably helps to have a receiver out there that, you know, is potentially going to be thrown to. Um, I It's hard to talk about the Jets without knowing, like, if Zach Wilson is the quarterback, I I'm not touching any jet. I mean, I'll probably draft Garrett Wilson in like the fourth or fifth round. Um, but like Lazard, no, thank you. Um, is Brees Hall going to be fully healthy? Uh, I'm not even going to want him in a jets offense that could be gross. Um, but Rogers there, I think Garrett Wilson, I would love to take him in the third round. Um, depending on, you know, price and health on Brees Hall, second round like Rodgers changes a lot obviously 100 rest and of these then, are uh, all kind of kind of yeah. smaller
1: moves jacoby myers to the raiders um juju to the pats is probably the biggest um and then robert woods to the texans which of those three is most intriguing fantasy wise
0: i want to say jacoby myers breaks out um Patriots offense is not really friendly to ex receivers like him, except if your name is Randy Moss. Um, Right. But is the Raiders, I mean, the Raiders are going to be running the Patriots offense. (laughs) So, um, I I don't know. Uh, Juju is, he was not really good in fantasy last year. He was good in the playoffs. um, Good for, he had a couple bigger games. You could say that that was a you know, product of Mahomes just spreading the ball out, but I don't think the Pats are going to lock in on Juju. Um, so yeah, I would bet not. Similar to how I ranked these guys last year, I you know probably seventh, eighth round guys, mid round flyer types, and hope hope Jacoby Myers breaks out, or hope Juju becomes uh, you know a slot weapon like Edelman or Wes Welker. Does Robert Woods bring any intrigue
1: to the Texans um, with Brandon Cooks uh, moving out, or is this kind of deja vu, uh, like with the Tet, uh, Titans when they uh, got get rid of A.J. Brown, you think
0: Robert Woods is going to come in and you know potentially fill in a lot of that work and then just kind of falls flat? Yeah, I don't, Kevin, I don't want to get sucked into the Robert Woods thing because I did last year. I thought he was going to be yeah. really good on the Titans. Um, Texans are even a more dumpster fire than, than the Titans. And, you know, speaking of, you know, we're probably going to go to tight end signings, signings next, so let's just do it. I'm talking about the Texans, Dalton Schultz is going to dominate the middle of the field. That's where Robert Woods kind of, uh, his success was, with the uh, Rams, it was in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, they signed Dalton Schultz to be that guy in Houston. Yeah. Uh, so if,
1: if you needed both positions, both guys are on your
0: board. You drafting Robert Woods or Dalton Schultz? I, I, it sounds like you're leading Dalton Schultz. Yeah. I think if, you know, obviously tight end, if you're not drafting the top two like if you're not drafting Kelsey Andrews and I'd you know, I'd throw them in the top tier and then the second tier would be like Hawkinson Kittle. I yeah, I would wait to draft Dalton Schultz late. Um, something like that. That'd be my preference. I don't think I would draft Robert Woods, um, unless I'm hearing in training camp that he's him and Davis Mills are locked locked in <laughs> together. Um even yeah, that it kind I, of seems like a trap doesn't it yeah and i've heard that the texans are not even looking you know if bryce young goes number one they don't like cj stroud so then they'll they won't even draft a quarterback um yep so yeah it, it does feel like a trap like yeah maybe he just had a tough year with the tex or the titans last year he'll revive himself out there i just don't see it Last signing we have here is Josh Oliver, two-year
1: Vikings. Um, I put him on here because he's actually the second highest for an average annual value, $7 million following Hayden Hurts. He's going to be making more money than Dalton Schultz um, uh, on an annual basis. Any yeah, injury he, here fantasy-wise, or is this run block uh, or no, slash he, TJ Hawkinson insurance?
0: He was the – um I believe he was either – the second or third best run blocking tight end in football last year with the Ravens. Um, I think a lot of teams are seeing what the Chiefs did last year. They ran a lot of 12 personnel. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned, the Ravens probably are going to do that. I think Kevin O'Connell's a smart offensive guy. He sees something that works and says, okay, well, let's instead of having three receivers out there, let's have Osborne Jefferson or rookie in Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson in the slot, Josh Oliver as your sixth lineman that can go out for a pass every now and then. I think that's the thought process. Um, And seven million is cheap for a, for a swing tackle. Kevin. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um,
1: Not going to win, not going to hypothesize injury on anybody, but if Hawkinson was, Suspended for the season for smoking weed or something. I don't know, doing steroids. Um, does that flip your opinion at all? Or do you think the Vikings are probably looking elsewhere uh, in terms of targets?
0: I think they'd probably look elsewhere. I, he would be, I would comp him to the year that Tyler Conklin had when he was. Yep you know, the same exact thing happened. Irv Smith goes down preseason, Tyler Conklin forced into a starter. He was decent, you know, four or five catches a game would fall into the end zone. Um, that's maybe what Josh Oliver would do. Um, not going to rack up yardage. Um, I think TJ Hawkinson, you know, has the potential to jump up into that. You know, Mark Andrews, not, he's obviously not going to be Travis Kelsey, but, um, He's definitely the number two option on a team, and you can't say that about many other tight ends.
1: Yeah, cer- certainly can't. Um, so that's kind of your offseason rundown to date. Um, I think we covered most of the big ones. I noticed we weren't talking about the Chiefs, so no opportunity to shit on the Chiefs at all.
0: Didn't um, yeah, make any moves, Kevin. Yeah, o- only subtractions. Yeah, they lost Meikle Hardman. They lost Juju. So they're going to be running out Kadarius Tony and Justin Watson. Nice. When
1: there you have you Patrick
0: know. Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, you can do that. <laughs> um, Apparently, when you have a really good quarterback, you can win games. Yeah, <laughs> let's Kevin. I'm really excited for this. Um, no one quite likes the NFL draft like like you and I do. Um, you know, you can kind of get a head up on the fantasy season by targeting rookies if you were. Um, in on Brees Hall earlier, you had a really good stretch in the beginning of the season. Um, you know, wide res- rookie wide receivers are stepping up in big ways every single year. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave paid off big time. Kevin's going to go through. He's going to give us his top five of each offensive position and maybe a few other extras. We're going to go down. We're not going to break them down, Kevin, right? We're just going to kind of talk about them in a fantasy lens. Yep. Maybe what their futures will be. I have a couple of my favorites that I'm gonna give. I still haven't made up a name of this, Kevin, but like uh, the super comp, I'll call it. There this if they reach their full <laughs> potential. They reach their full potential, what kind of guy can I see them turning into in the NFL? Perfect.
1: So let's start off with quarterbacks. Um and this is my top five rundown um based on I guess value to NFL team rather than fantasy um, You might see my fantasy rankings look a little bit different, especially after draft capitals kind of landed on, but starting with quarterbacks, you know, Bryce Young at the top, my number one, uh, CJ Stroud, number two, Anthony Richardson, three, Will Levis, four, Hendon Hooker, five.
0: My thing, and I've been waiting to talk to about this to someone, Kevin, but so Anthony Richardson was pretty clearly the I think the fourth guy heading into draft season at the mm-hmm. if you, end of the college season it was over everyone was talking Bryce Young, CJ Stroud and then Will Levis somewhere yep. in there. Do, does it concern you that Anthony Richardson's stock has only grown because of him running around in shorts?
1: A, a little bit. And, you know, I think it's kind of bad on everybody that he has risen despite only running around in shorts. In shorts, um, You knew he was going to blow up the combine. You knew that he was going to put out a perfect RAS score. You knew that he was going to be athletically one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. The issue for him coming out of the season was the tape was bad. Completed of passes at best, I think, this season. Um, General inaccuracies. um, But big arm can do things that nobody else can. Um, And come draft time, that's a lot of times what you're picking for. Trying to find guys that can make an impact that nobody else can. I think that's why he's become more intriguing than Will Levis. That and Will Levis, I, I think, was a little bit, uh, a little bit disappointing. You really needed to uh, have some solid pro days or a solid pro day, solid combine, and we saw above average, but but not not exciting workout of Will Levis.
0: Yeah, I, I guess. So my let's talk about them both. I have uh, you know they're both they're super comps. Anthony Richardson, obviously, if he reaches his peak, is going to be a Cam Newton type just huge dominant runner can whip the ball down the field um Mm -hmm. i think will levis is kind of similar to justin herbert not going to run rocket arm tall guy um you know he can make plays out on the boundary Mm -hmm. if i had to ask you know you're a panther fan so it might skew you but i think it's probably the right answer You know, if you got to choose between those two peak players, are you choosing Cam Newton or Justin Herbert?
1: If if Will Levis could be Justin Herbert, yeah, I'd take, I think Justin Herbert, to be honest. I think in today's NFL, um, you're throwing the ball around a little bit more. And you saw how how well Cam Newton held up over the years. Uh, it, it was a drastic, quick fall off. Yes, he was a very special player. I, I think I'm surprising you a little bit. I'm, I'm gonna say Justin
0: Herbert. Yeah, and, and I I do think you've made a good point there, Kevin. Where you know maybe I think the last example of this is. You know, everyone was very concerned with Josh Allen's accuracy coming out of college. I think he was very similar to Anthony Richardson. He was like 55% or 50% completion percentage at Wyoming, not even in the SEC. However, accuracy has become and throwing... You know, staying in the pocket, not running, but staying in the pocket, maneuvering the pocket and throwing accurately down the field has become way more important than raw athletics. And um, decision making. Yeah. I mean,
1: touchdown to interception ratios have been, you know, shooting up
0: over the last
1: decade. Um, you can't have additional interceptions from making inaccurate throws. And I think that's that's the risky run. Why I have Anthony Richardson ranked ahead of Will Levis is my super camp for Will Levis is uh, MVP Carson Wentz. And that's scary because you, you saw Carson Wentz. And I, I think very similar styles in how they run the ball. They don't run the ball a lot. And when they do, it's to try to pick up a two to three yards. I think he actually has some additional injury risk there. And we saw that happen to Carson Wentz. That's that's why I have Anthony Richardson ahead of Will Evans.
0: Okay, yeah, let's talk about uh, the number five guy, Hendon Hooker. He is being commonly mocked to my Minnesota Vikings, Kevin. Interesting. Um, Todd McShay has done it. Uh, a couple other prominent mockers in the community have mocked Hendon Hooker to the Vikings at twenty-three. Um, he's definitely the fifth guy what are your thoughts on Hennon Hooker? He, he was kind of a product of a weird Tennessee offense where they would just completely spread people out. He would, he would throw quick slants, quick outs, um, and And rely on high up for a touchdown deep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Um, he, he is kind of interesting in the fact that, you know, he was successful at Virginia tech and Tennessee. Um, but, do you think there's any NFL success there with Hennan Hooker? I, I think it's possible, um, but I think it's possible. It's
1: just as likely that it happens if he's a second rounder as a first rounder. Um, I don't see it. I think it definitely is, you know, a system quarterback situation. Um, the ACL tear is, you know, not ideal. Um, but did he make a lot of great throws? Yes. Did he show that he can make a lot of NFL throws? Yes. Can he be an NFL quarterback? I think so. Will he? I think that's a different story. I wouldn't pick him.
0: All right, Kevin, you have a couple extra, any extra quarterbacks that are worth talking about?
1: Yeah, uh, just a couple intriguing guys here. Dorian Thompson Robinson. I, I think I would mock sixth. I think he's another guy that I think can be special in how he mixes in the run with the pass. Um, it'll be interesting to see what his landing spot looks like. Do If somebody like the Texans or the Raiders, if they pass on a quarterback in the first round, does he land in their laps and become semi-intriguing partway through the season player? Could be. And then Aiden O'Connell is basically the only quarterback that if Carolina totally fucked this up and didn't pick a quarterback in the first round that if they got Aiden O'Connell, I'd be like, okay, fuck you guys, but let's see what he can do.
0: He's going to go late, but I, I liked what he did at Purdue. Um, my guy, uh, Kevin Tanner McKee out of Stanford, was a, t- in a terrible Stanford offense. The dude is 6'6", can make throws. Um, you know, we kind of saw that he's kind of like Davis Mills. Davis Mills has turned himself into – not a good quarterback, um, probably a little slightly below average to average-ish. I think, Dave, I think Tanner McKee could do the same thing. I mean, the guy sure. um, had offers from every single big school in the entire country um, and talented. So I, I just want to throw him out that I think some team will pick him in like the third or fourth round and he'll end up starting a few games and look good. Um so yeah, I think all those three kind of, you can throw in the same bucket. Like they're not, they're probably not going to pan out, but could they be spot spot starters for 10 years in the NFL? Probably. Yeah.
1: Guys to keep your eye on, but not get excited about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> These guys are, uh, you know, excitable, excitable guys here, Kevin, the running backs. Yeah. Starting off. Uh, I think everybody's
1: one oh one, uh, Bijan Robinson. Uh, number two, I have Jameer Gibbs. Number three, Zach Carbonet. Number four, I have you know, maybe a little bit of a surprise here, Roshan Johnson. And number five, Devon
0: Akane. All right, Kevin. Um, Bijan Robinson. Is he worth a top 10 pick? How good is Bijan Robinson if people didn't watch college football this year? Bijan Robinson is very special.
1: Uh, B. Shen Robinson could be Saquon Barkley prospect. Some people say Bijan Robinson is better than Saquon Barkley as a prospect. Wow. Do That's- I? Yeah, that, which, you know, uh, the, those three things. Yeah, he sounds pretty good. Uh, do I think the NFL's gotten more careful about running backs, values of first round picks, etc.? Yes. I don't know that he goes in the top 10. Um, does he go in the top 10 in fantasy? Maybe. Depends on landing spot. We'll see. Um, ideally, he lands on a contender. And ideally, he scores many touchdowns. He de- definitely has the talent to do so.
0: Um, how how steep is the drop-off from him to Jameer Gibbs? Um, you know, let's... Let's pretend that we are back in 2010. Um, Do you think Jameer Gibbs is a first-rounder back in 2010?
1: Yeah, back in 2010, I think Jameer Gibbs is probably a top-20 pick.
0: Um,
1: More question marks around him, a little bit smaller. Can he do um, some of the between-tackle work uh, as well as some of the other guys we're going to talk about? All that's kind of up in the air, but he is, you know, kind of a special talent in that he can do Kelvin um, uh, Alvin Kamara type things. Um, intriguing running back. I don't think he's worth a first rounder. He might go late first this year.
0: Okay, um, you know, something that is familiar with Jameer Gibbs and Zach Charbonnet. They both started at different places. So Jameer Gibbs was at Georgia Tech. Charbonnet uh, began his college career in Michigan. Um, you know, he's, he's interesting. He transfers to UCLA. Um, he's it was really good. Third in PFF grade out of all college running backs. Um, you know, as the NFL goes more and more to, you know, committees, I think him, um, he, he's a guy that can step right in and be maybe a number two uh, mm-hmm. somewhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think if he goes in the draft last year, he's probably a third, fourth rounder, um, but put up really nice numbers this year. So that's kind of what pumps the brakes for me a little bit is he needed the system change. He needed uh, the extra year in college. He's no longer an early declare, uh, an official early declare. That unchecked boxes um, still put up nice numbers. Could he be good? Certainly. A lot of people think he'd be great. Um, I'm a little cooler on him.
0: Um, So, Kevin, uh, most people have TCU's Kendra Miller as their fourth running back on the board, but for some reason, you went with Bijan Robinson's backup, Roshan Johnson. Yeah.
1: Uh, Roshan Johnson took more work from Bijan Robinson than anybody should have even deemed possible. Like, Bijan Robinson is so far and ahead the best running back out of this group that he shouldn't have been splitting work with anybody. Now, is that a testament of Texas trying to, you know, do Bijan a little bit of a justice and make sure that he was going to get his nice big NFL contract um, without getting hurt? Or is that uh, a testament to Roshan Johnson's talent. I don't I don't really know for sure, but I'm leaning more towards the latter. Um grades out pretty well on on tape, didn't do as well testing wise uh, in the combine. Um so a, a little bit of an unchecked box there, but I, he's intriguing enough that I, that's where I like him. I like him at the fourth
0: best running back in this class. Okay. Um My guy that's a little more under the radar, Kevin, Dwayne McBride out of UAB. Awesome. Um, Yep. Yeah. Ran for, has ran for over 3000 yards in college. So this is a guy that, you know, he is going to come with a little more tread on the tires, but he's ran the football a lot. And I I think that is valuable. um, If you're going to draft a rookie running back in fantasy, you want some guy who's going to kind of hit the ground running and not need, Mm -hmm. you know, For instance, uh, the Vikings took um, a guy by the name of Ty Chandler last year. Uh, He only really had one full season of being the guy. Um, And it's like, well, does he know how to hit the holes? And um, an even worse example from the Vikings, Kanae Wongwu, who sat behind David Montgomery and Brees Hall uh, in college. So he didn't really get a lot of work. Super fresh, right? But. Is he a full running back? Dwayne McBride, three, three years of starting experience. He's 5'10", 209. He's a load. Um, I think he is a good bet to surprise some people in the NFL next year.
1: Yeah, when you talk about dominant running backs, that is uh, Dwayne McBride for sure. And when you think about how many yards he contributed to the team, those dominator rankings, um, scores out really well on that stuff. Do bring in a little bit of extra tread on the tires. So dynasty is the value there. Maybe not as much as, you know, as a rookie running back. That's maybe more of where his intrigue is. Absolutely.
0: All right, let's get to my favorite. And uh, one or, you know, based on history, Kevin, at least two or three of these guys is going to be super fancy relevant. Let's go to the wide receivers. Yeah, we're starting off Jackson Smith
1: Najigba at number one. Number two, I have Jordan Addison, three. Quentin Johnston, four,
0: Zay Flowers, and five, Marvin Mims. All right. So, um, Quentin Johnston, as I said, is my kind of favorite pick. Um, What makes Jackson Smith and Jigba the best receiver uh, in the draft this year? Uh, His his, At what he does well, he is
1: elite. Is he going to hop on the outside and burn people? No. He's going to be in the slot. He's going to be a slot receiver, but tremendous uh, three-cone, tremendous shuttle, um, and you you saw it at Ohio State. He can get open from the slot, and he's going to catch a lot of passes. Um, I think he's going to be valued as the number one wide receiver. Um, We'll see if NFL teams agree.
0: Well, Kevin, what my my intrigue in Jackson Smith, Smith, but geez, a little minor uh, Jackson Smith (laughs) Najigba. I didn't want to say a bad word there, Kevin, (laughs) uh, which can maybe happen. Um, He was the best receiver. Two years ago on an Ohio State team that featured Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who both were really good in the NFL last year. There's something to be said about that. Last year, he was injured, banged up. Um, Marvin Harrison, kind of him and C.J. Stroud got in a really kind of in a groove. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is, you know, potentially a top five pick next year. Um, But I really think that this could be obviously not to the level of Justin Jefferson, but the knock on Jefferson was he is a slot receiver. That's where he had all success in college. He was dominated. Um, you know, he was not the best receiver on his team. Uh, Jefferson was the last year he played. It was Jamar Chase. Jack Smith, Smith and Jigba. the same things are, ha- are being said about him. Slot receiver only. He's going to be a really good slot receiver. But it was concerning that Marvin Harrison Jr. passed him up. I don't think you can overlook him. I, I think teams that pass on him that are wide receiver needy are gonna kind of look back in a couple years and, and really regret it. So so if you look at super comp, are you throwing Justin Jefferson
1: on Jackson Smith and Meshikba?
0: No, I, I think <laughs> um this isn't a super comp, but um like prime Jarvis Landry. I would that's exactly yeah, I was gonna say
1: supercharged Jarvis Landry.
0: Yeah, I mean, just a guy who's gonna catch hundred and ten passes. Uh, he's not, you know, he's not gonna be getting shots down the field, but just dominating the middle of the field. Um, you know, picking up first downs every time he catches the ball, type guy. Um, that's kind of where I see him. The next guy yeah. on your list, go ahead, Kevin.
1: Yeah, and if you can sprinkle in a little bit of a Cooper Cup red zone, a little bit. That was Jarvis Landry's downfall was, yeah, you'd catch all these passes, but never really get in those huge weeks with the touchdowns. If you can, you know, get Cooper Cup-style play from the slot, score some touchdowns, uh, that's really where it takes us to the next level, and that's what I see for just
0: uh, Jackson Smith and the Um, The next guy, similar size, uh, Jordan Addison. Yeah. Um... Won the Bulitnikov two years ago. He's the best receiver. Um, you mentioned that Dominator rating, Kevin. Two years ago in Pittsburgh, he had a 36% Dominator rating. Um, just insane. Um, he goes to USC, um, plays with another good quarterback. So he went from Kenny Pickett, who was a first-round NFL draft pick, to Caleb Williams, who's going to be probably the first overall pick next year. Um Everyone was thinking with Lincoln Riley offense, he was going to dominate had a so-so year. Um, What's your thoughts on Jordan Asson? You know, can he be thrown into a bin with Jackson Smith new Jigba or is he more of in the bin with Quentin Johnston and Zay flowers?
1: I think he's more in the bin with Quentin Johnston and Zay flowers. I think there's a big tear break uh, after that first spot with Jackson with JSN. Um, I think yeah, that's Addison JSN from now on. Yeah, from now on. We're just gonna acronym him up. Um, these three, I think, are all in the same tier, uh, but all for different reasons. I think Addison's super safe. Um, super comp. If he just knocks it out of the park, I think Stefan Diggs. Um Quentin Johnston. I have some major concerns with. He was supposed to be very fast for his size. Turns out he's just pretty fast for his size, and he's a body catcher. Disappeared a lot um, in in some big TCU games. Really, a lot of his work was beating up against Oklahoma, which is, you know, that's a good one, but then beating up against Kansas. Um, So, Quentin Johnson maybe has the highest ceiling out of anybody on this list. But there's enough, enough question marks, I think, surrounding him that he could also be a, a flat-out Nikhil Harry bust. Last guy there, Zay Flowers, also very safe. Um, but is he going to be able to put together a big games, or is he just going to be a 6-for-60 six safe guy? Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning, is that he's just similar to Addison, really safe. Um, but quick as shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I, I don't know if I'd go as far as um, Stefan Diggs for Jordan Addison. Obviously, that's the super, super. Yeah, I think he's more like... He like kills it. Maybe he could settle into like but be like a Tyler Lockett guy who's been super successful. Um, you know, taking shots down the field, you know, getting, you know, streaking across... Um, I already mentioned Quentin Johnson. I think he could potentially be like, if he really hits his ceiling, like Mike Evans-ish, just huge body streaking down the field. My concern is that he maybe settles into like an Alshon Jeffrey, who really good year with the Bears, but um, (laughs) ended up just being a big guy who would catch the occasional bomb. Um, So, yeah, with, with those three guys, Addison, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnston, I think you're looking at probably ceiling wide receiver two type guys, um, whereas Jordan Addison and JSN, I think, could ascend potentially to be number one type receivers.
1: Sure. Yep, uh, makes sense to me.
0: A, a couple uh, other
1: guys that I, I thought were interesting are yeah, wide receivers, so I'll just list them really he's, quick. Xavier Hutchinson. Iowa State guy. Yeah, Xavier Hutchinson. Um, yeah. I don't know. Could be Alan Lazard. Could be Hakeem Butler. He's obviously a little bit different than both those guys and he's a little bit smaller. Um, a, l- a little bit more of your prototypical NFL wide receiver. Um, I don't know. He, he's... Ben, he was a fun guy to watch at Iowa State, and I, I think it, his game could translate really well. Um, Andre uh, Iosavis from Princeton, big body, um, ran pretty good for his size. He's going to go late, um, but I think he could be a super super sleeper if he lands on a, a wide receiver baron team like the Panthers. And then Keishon Boutte, Um Great wide receiver, put up big numbers, um, but tested just about as poorly as you could test. So uh, we'll see if he can be, to compare him to another LSU guy, Jarvis Landry, where those combine numbers don't matter at all. He's just good at getting open.
0: Kevin, you didn't mention my guy. And I don't, you know, I hate doing this. I hate giving my good stuff to you guys um but i suppose that's why i do this i think the sleeper of the draft wide receiver i'm gonna i'm you know once again i hate giving this because i want to pick him in every fancy draft this year can i take a guess it's, yeah tank bell no ah, cedric tillman <laughs> cedric tillman i was like this was the second uh He kind of played second fiddle last year to Jalen Hyatt in Tennessee. However, he was the number one in 2021, was very, very good. Um, 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. Last year, he only played six games. But when he played a full game, he outproduced Jalen Hyatt. He had more targets, more catches, more yards than Jalen Hyatt Hyatt when when both played healthy. He is 6 foot 3, 210. He's an extra receiver Kevin. He's a big dude. Mm-hmm. Um and I think if he lands on a team, um you know, we we mentioned a few wide receiver barren teams. My absolute nightmare scenario is he lands on the Chiefs and he turns into a superstar on the fucking Kansas City Chiefs, helps them win another 3 Super Bowls. Um but yeah, he I think he can kind of jump a lot of these guys.
1: Yeah, I, I like Tillman as well. Uh, my concern with Tillman, why he didn't land on my like best of the rest list. Those first three years at Tennessee, six catches. Like has Josh the big Palmer year. was there,
0: Kevin. Josh, our favorite Josh Palmer was there. <laughs> uh,
1: has the big year, and then, you know, the, the, the Shorten's uh, senior season. Um, but to your point, produced well when Hyatt was was out there. Um we, you know, who didn't make the list and we haven't talked about Jalen Hyatt. Um uh,
0: yeah. He's <laughs> his his super comp is Jalen Riger. <laughs> Will Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Uh I, but I do like Tillman. Okay. Um let's go to tight ends, Kevin and you know, for the viewers and listeners, there's no viewers, but listeners at home. Um, Your number one guy on the list, I don't think I've seen. Uh, you huh? know, I yeah. know who he is, but I have not seen him on the top of anyone else's list.
1: Yeah. Top of my list for tight ends is Darnell Washington. Wow. Number two is Michael Meyer. Bayer. Uh Number three is Dalton Kincaid. Number four, Luke Musgrave. And uh, pride of the Iowa Hawkeyes at number five, Sam Laporta. That's bullshit. <laughs> okay, you know it. Having Laporta that low? Yeah. Oh, no.
0: He's okay. Kittle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, shit. Uh, he better get drafted in the top ten. then. Um, no, I have Darnell Washington at number one. Purely ceiling-based. This is a huge dude. 6'7", 250, 260. Um, He has Darren Waller potential. He has Mark Andrews potential. The ceiling is through the roof.
0: Could he totally
1: wash out and just be another big, fast guy that does OJ Howard? OJ Howard, absolutely, definitely in the realm of possibilities. When you look at some of these other guys, ceiling is not there. And I, I think he just separates himself with that ceiling, uh, that potential to do things that nobody else can do. Um very special player, Rascore, Combine. Um I there are three players that I feel very confident about from this class. Bijan Robinson, J.S.N., and Darnell Washington's there for me. I know, I know that I'm kind of in the minority there, wow. but I'm high on Darnell.
0: Yeah, I mean, being 6'7", 264, and running a 4'6", 40, um, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Average 16 yards per catch in college. Um, is there a reason why Georgia didn't use him? as much you know brock bauer obviously is you know he's he's special special but yeah brock bauer is going to be the top tight end pick next year
1: you saw darnell washington line up you know uh out wide a lot um kind of at that split slot spot um i don't know uh special player is he raw yes Is that probably why he wasn't used as much? Yes. Um, But did he show out in a lot of situations and put up highlight plays? That's also true.
0: So, you know, I guess what your your thought process is, you know, the consensus top two tight ends, anywhere you look, are probably Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid. So your thought process is, even if they reach their full potential, you're looking at, like, uh, Heath Miller, Jason Witten type guys who, you know, they're not going to br- game break.
1: Yeah. Could they be Hall of Famers as solid tight ends that, you know, can get 8 and 80? Absolutely. But I think Darnell Washington is the one guy on this list that could have 15 or more touchdowns in a season.
0: Okay. Um, you know, we should talk a little bit about Tam, uh, Sam Laporta. He, do you think his range of outcomes, so let's just go through the pantheon of of Iowa tight ends. Track records do you, unreal, yep. Do you think he's more Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson? Both guys, he's not going to go as high as those guys did, obviously, but as far as skills.
1: As far as skills, I, I think he's more TJ Hawkinson. Uh, just, if nothing else, in willingness as a blocker?
0: Um, yeah, Fant. Fant is... interested in blocking.
1: Do I think he can be George Kittle? No. Do I think he can be TJ Hawkinson light? Absolutely. Definitely in the range of outcomes. I'd even put it as a somewhat likely outcome. Um,
0: ceiling, like I said, it... I don't think George Kittle's there though. I don't think so either, Kevin. But guy can guy can dream, right? He can dream. Um, you know, we kind of skipped over, uh, you know, your your number five pick, um, or sorry, your number four pick there, Luke Musgrave. Uh, this Kevin, you know, you have to be, you have to be really plugged in, because uh, this guy played at Oregon State. No one was staying up watching Oregon State no. games. Um, in the pack 12 but you know he was very good this last year yeah
1: yeah um yeah and you know even even better the year before he actually doesn't have a big production profile but prototypical size 6x250 tested well um it looks like the most catches he has in a season is 22 Um, but a great run blocker, um, probably not as fantasy relevant as some of these other guys are going to be, but I, I, I do think that he's going to be picked, um, among the top five, um, tight ends in the NFL draft.
0: All right, Kevin. Well, that, I love that. That was great. Um, you know, for our listeners, hopefully you find some interest in that other than me and Kevin, just geeking out over draft draft prospects. This is the first year, Kevin. Um you know, we both share a love for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um so I, I haven't been locked in the NFL draft like usual. Um but maybe uh, after a quick four-game sweep for our Wolves, <laughs> I can get back into draft right before the draft starts.
1: Yeah, let, let's hope not that there's
0: let's hope that there's not that much time for studying,
1: but it's we were talking about range of outcomes it's in the range of possibilities for sure (laughs)
0: um all right kevin uh the one thing you know i was looking over our outline i was saying okay what happened this offseason that we didn't really talk about and maybe this is on purpose you wanted to hide this um you know zeke elliott has not signed with a new team however he's not on the cowboys anymore And, and i think that is probably relevant in that tony pollard is potentially going to be a monster. However, Kevin, I'm going to put this scenario out there. I should have done this during our, um, you know, when we were talking about draft running backs. What percent chance do you think it is that the Cowboys will spend a high pick, maybe not a first-rounder, but a high pick on, like, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, or one of these top running backs?
1: I don't want to believe it's as likely as it is um i would hope that they would have learned their lesson with with zeke elliot and that it's really tough to make that first round value pay out um but i could definitely a lot of people are mocking jameer gibbs there um you could see them move up and be a Bijan candidate i don't think they should but I think that they will add to that backfield and Tony Pollard will not be
0: the one and only go to back in that offense. All right. I you know, Kevin, we're trying to make a successful podcast here. So I figured you can't do a whole thing without mentioning America's team at least uh, once. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Gotta gotta <laughs> pander to the folks, pander to the audience.
0: Yeah, we we got we you know we did our normal Chiefs talk because they're you know everyone's bandwagon team. My freaking you know let's talk you talk bad stuff happening, Kevin. My dad, who he, probably the reason I became a Vikings fan, has a Viking tattoo on his left arm. It's a Chiefs fan now, Kevin. No, no. Yeah, don't tell was, me that. Yeah. yeah, I walked into, I was in Kansas City. Um, this last weekend visited my old man and walk in to his den. I see four helmets hanging above the TV, Iowa, Iowa state. Okay. They're from Iowa. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. My dragon football helmet from, from high school. Very cool to see that hanging up in the rafters. Go Johnston. Yep. And a motherfucking Kansas city chiefs helmet. No purple to be found. No purple to be found. Um, I know a couple of our listeners who've met my father will roll over in their grave. Um, <laughs> sucks what Patrick Mahomes is doing to America, <laughs>
1: <laughs> poisoning the the masses. Yeah, yeah. Well, real quick, Gavin, it, 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 was, it was news today, so I I don't know why I didn't make it on the outline. Alan Robinson to the. Uh, Steelers, any, any intrigue? Kevin's going to drop the second round
0: again.
1: (laughs) Last year I said I was ready to get burnt again and you know what? It's sounding pretty good.
0: (laughs) You know, what's bad when the Rams had to throw in a seventh rounder to get a seventh rounder back.
1: It's not great, but... He's eating up five million in cap. They're gonna be forced to put him out there in some that's capacity.
0: True. That's true. He'll you know, he'll run number three behind Deontay and Pickens. Pickens. And we'll see. All right. I'll stop putting okay. shit out there. Yeah, that's uh that's Moen McGee on fantasy. Um we'll probably take a few more weeks off, Kevin, but um We'll hit, we'll hit it pretty hard after the draft when training camps start kicking off. I think our goal this year, um, probably number one, to be more consistent, right? Yeah, no um, bad weeks. No bad weeks. I think probably, you know, we used to put out three. I think at the end of the season, we kind of got in a groove with doing two. Um, you know, one kind of recap-ish and then one kind of preview-ish. Um, and I think that's kind of what you can expect from Mon McGee. Yeah, looking forward to it. So yeah.